Diálogos en inglés 27. Diferencias culturales. Hola a todos, bienvenidos a otro capítulo de Amigos Ingleses, Diálogos en Inglés Podcast. How are you, Isabel? I'm very good. It's nice to record another podcast with you, Philip. And how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, it's lovely to be here. Y antes de empezar, queremos recordaros que estamos trabajando con italki. Y para todos los que queréis aprender inglés y practicar vuestro speaking, vuestro inglés hablado, tenéis la oportunidad de conseguir una clase gratis al comprar una clase con italki. Puedes encontrar un profesor nativo en cualquier parte del mundo a través de la plataforma y reservar una clase a través de Skype, desde tu casa, desde tu sofá, cómodamente. ¿Cómo pueden conseguir esta oferta, Philip, de 2x1? Pues si vas a nuestra página web amigosingleses.com barra italki, allí tienes toda la información. Ok, so let's begin with the cultural differences. Philip and I, we've lived in Cambridge for the last uh, years and we just moved to Barcelona a year ago. And while we live in Cambridge, we we met people from all around the world because Cambridge is just like a little London. It's very international. So, Philip, I would like to ask you about people that you met during your life in Cambridge. Well, I met lots of people from different countries. I was actually in a band with four other people from different countries. The guitarist in the band, my band, by the way, was called Yellow Green. Mm, when you say a band, uh, you mean a music band. Yes. No? Yeah. Un grupo de música. That's right, yeah. So I was the singer in the band and I played... Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's very impressive, Philip. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this was a while ago now, but yeah, I sang in the band and I also played guitar. And we had an Indian guitarist. Well, he's actually British, but his parents were Indian. We had a Polish bassist and a Greek keyboard player and our drummer was another Englishman like me. So mm. that's quite a interesting mix for a band and we made really good music. In, yes, in and, my opinion. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can really assure you that Philip is a really good singer. He's got a lovely voice and oh, actually actually now everyone can check out Uh, your band on YouTube because you mentioned the name so yeah maybe leave if you us search, a comment <laughs> <laughs> you can search yellow green Cambridge I think you might find it yes and yeah you will be pleasantly surprised it was a really really good band and it's a pity that you cannot uh, play anymore yeah, I had to say goodbye to them when we moved here and can I ask you Philip uh, bassist es el bajista, bajista yeah And, ¿Cómo se dice el batería? Drama. ¿Y el pianista o el del Te teclado? Keyboard player. Mm -hmm. Ok, so let's move on. And I also know, Philip, that uh, when you, you were teaching English in Cambridge, and mm -hmm. I know that you had students from everywhere, all around the world, from Asia, South America, Spain, Italy... Yes. So, uh, can you tell us if you notice any uh, cultural differences or any cultural shocks in your classes? Yeah, I had quite a few because, well, I was there in Cambridge and Cambridge is famous 
around the world for education. So lots and lots of people came from all over the world, from China, Korea, Japan, Spain, Italy, Germany, Russia, France, many other places, Saudi Arabia. Um, so during my time in this academy, I was working there for about four years and I really feel like I learned a lot from my students mm. because, well, the teacher often learns a lot from the students as well, you know? Yes, and I I think you told me that some of them uh, used to, well, treat you differently, no? Because um, they have, uh, well, they have different levels of respect for, for a teacher, no? The way they see the teacher, for some of them, they really look up to the teacher, no? Tienen mucha admiración y respeto, ¿no? Yeah, definitely. And, and they behave in a different way than other students who feel more at the same level as yes. the teacher. Yeah, no? yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think, well, a lot of students from from Asia, they wouldn't call, call me Philip, they would call me teacher. But um, <laughs> And what about giving things uh, with the hands? I heard something about handing things out. Yeah. Darle algo a tu profesor. Yes, no? yeah. I noticed when I was in class and giving sheets of paper to the students, handouts mm -hmm. and things, the Koreans would always take the paper with two hands mm. just to show respect. That was quite a curious thing that I yeah. noticed. This is funny, ¿no? This is as if you were giving them something very fragile, ¿no? Algo yeah. muy frágil or something very, very important yes. to take it with the two hands. But it's actually to show respect yes. for you. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Very curious. And uh, the Koreans were very, very nice. I have to say they're very hardworking. They're like the perfect students. <laughs> because they always arrive on time, they always do their homework, they're very motivated, they listen, but they can be very, very shy as well, the Koreans, mm. especially when they first arrived at the school. I think they were experiencing a bit of culture shock and they, they were very shy mm. and introvert. Uncomfortable, no, maybe? Yeah. Shy, yeah, timid. But um, you could really see how they changed Some of the students were there mm. for like six months and after those six months they they really changed into more extrovert. Yeah, and, and, and I remember that you used to come back home, no, when when a student was leaving and usually Asian students, uh, when they were going back home to their countries, they they used to give you a little present and a little note, uh, like a yeah. thank you note, and it was very, very nice. Yeah, that was very nice of them. And another interesting uh, cultural curiosity about the K Koreans is um, about uh, watches. They find watches uh, very important in their culture, I think. It's an important status symbol. You know, for example, like for German people, I think their cars are very important to them. Mm -hmm. And to Koreans... The status symbol is a symbol of the, the status social, no? Yes, yeah. So some of the Koreans in our class had huge watches. <laughs> golden. Yeah. Huge golden watches. Yeah. It was, I've never seen such big watches, but... Really? Yeah. The Korean students were always comparing themselves mm. um, in the class and trying to see who had the biggest watch, mm. which was quite 
quite a strange thing for me and That's silly no? and also for uh, such a young age no because they were teenagers well they were in their 20s they were university students okay yeah and but it's a uh, curious now that they are already so uh, worried about their wow. status it must be something very important in korea mm. and one day a korean student asked me in front of the class he said can i ask you a personal question <laughs> i said um okay yes i hope it's not too personal <laughs> <laughs> and he said how old are you and i oh. said i am i don't know i was maybe 26 at the time mm-hmm and uh so i s said yeah i'm 26 but it's curious that he he wanted to know my age because he wanted to know if he was older or younger you. yeah yeah that's another thing that is very important to koreans is the age of uh, the people that they talk to in fact it's i think one of the first things that they ask so each wh other what happens if you are younger than your student well um i don't think there's i don't think it makes a difference really but in their culture if you are younger than them then they speak to you in a different way they mm -hmm. use less formal language mm -hmm. but if you're older than them then they have to show respect and speak to you in another way using different language mm. so i think they just wanted to know if if i were korean how they would speak to me Yeah, this is annoying. I really like this about English language that you only use you because in Spanish we have uh, tú, usted. Yeah. And it's very easy to offend people because maybe you think, okay, this person is old enough uh, to say usted. And then you say usted and they say, no, 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 don't call me. Don't call me usted, please. Call me too. And sometimes yeah. you do it the other way around because you think, okay, maybe this person is a bit old but it seems quite uh, informal and friendly so I would use two and then it's like excuse me little lady yeah call me Steph uh, oh you never know yes it's, yes it's, uh, annoying it can be complicated whereas in English mm. we just use the yeah. same language for and you can never be rude or disrespectful mm -hmm. it's great yeah So, yeah, whenever I saw that I had a Korean student in my class, I always checked their <laughs> age on the register. Mm. And if they asked me, I just made sure that I said that I was a little bit older than them. <laughs> just to to make sure that they gave me full respect. They'll be thinking, <laughs> mm, he looks quite young. And, uh, you know, I have a Korean friend here in Barcelona. And I have not really checked. But next time I see her, I'm going to look at her wrist. Voy a mirar at su muñeca. Yeah. And see if she's got a really big watch. Mm, I'm not <laughs> sure if it's true for girls, but mm. definitely the boys, they had huge watches. Mm. Another thing I noticed, I had quite a few Saudis in my class. Rich mm. Saudis used to come to to Cambridge to study English. And I had quite a few in my classes. And they always had a lot of trouble with English because obviously Arabic is totally different to to English and in fact they read from right to left mm. in Arabic yes so they had real problems writing in English and reading in English and spelling and it was really hard for them I can imagine yes. yeah they had to work harder than the others also during the break at the school 
many of the Saudis went into the classroom to pray. Mm. And they used to take out a little mat and they used to kneel on the mat and um, they used to start praying. A mat uh, is like a little uh, colchoneta, no? Yeah. Or alfombrilla. Like a little rug. Mm, rug, yeah, alfombrilla. Yeah. And they had to point it towards the east. Mm. They had to be facing Mecca. Yes. I had this experience as well because I used to work in a hotel in Cambridge when I arrived. And many of the guests who were from Saudi Arabia, they were asking me mm-hmm. if I could tell them which direction to go or if they could use a room or somewhere to pray. And they were asking me, where does uh, the sun rise? Where yeah. is east? Yeah. And so I had to tell them uh, where east was so they could uh, pray facing that direction. And how did and you know very important which way was east? That. Did you have a compass with you? No, I knew, <laughs> but I noticed that some of the English people who worked there, they didn't have a clue. So probably one of them prayed facing a different direction one day oh. that I wasn't there. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and They uh, were a bit disorientated? Disorientados? Yeah, bit disorientated. And did you know that in Saudi Arabia, women aren't allowed to drive? Yes, well, they Isn't are that? not allowed to do many things, unfortunately. Yeah, don't you think that's a good idea? No. But some women are very bad drivers. And some men are very bad drivers as well. (laughs) When I asked them why women aren't allowed to drive, they said, well, they don't need to drive. They have drivers to take them everywhere they need to go. Okay. And what about you, Isabel? Tell me about your experience in Cambridge. Did you meet many foreigners, people from different countries? Obviously, you met a lot of English people. Yes, I met a lot of English people, but yeah, I met people from all over the world. And and what's your opinion of English people? Do you, yes, do, well, of course like I like, of course I like English people. How I are made, they? How are they different to Spanish people, in your opinion? Well, there are not so many differences uh, with English people, but well, everyone knows that Spanish people are more open, no? Uh, and English people are a bit colder, a bit shy and they are more reserved yeah more reserved but once you you get to know an english person yeah they can be very good friends and very loyal but they are very honest people as well and very honest very (laughs) funny very kind (laughs) very warm yes and very polite yeah yeah it really (laughs) depends on who you meet and on their personality really Uh, i met lovely people and some people who were not that lovely but i don't like to make it como se dice generalizar to generalize i don't want to generalize i don't want to generalize really but most of my friends i'm lovely or i think you are really annoying (laughs) (laughs) thanks no um so tell me about the other people you met in england yes to be honest most of the friends that i made in england uh, they were from other places i i had only a few english friends because yeah, as I said, English people are a bit close, so it's not so easy to make good English friends. So one of my best friends uh, is Italian, and she used to invite me around her house, and she made dinner for me, and she liked drinking uh, wine a lot. And to be honest, I didn't find many cultural differences we were very very similar but Mm -hmm. oh they drink a lot of coffee italians they have around five different types of coffee makers at home 
And I had a good English friend. I used to go a lot to the theater with him because he really likes uh, the place. And mm, once he invited me for dinner and and he cooked for me. So that was very strange because uh, I don't imagine a Spanish friend of mine doing that, like a man doing that, cooking for a woman, unless you are trying to get in a relationship with that person. No? Are you or sure he wasn't trying to get in a relationship No, with of you? course, he's my friend. <laughs> you know him mm. and it's, he's our friend. You never told me about this person. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, he's very nice. And I had a friend from Bulgaria and she was a very, very active person. She's got a lot of personality and she's very creative. Uh, she's a, a fashion designer. And I used to go to London with her and we did lots of uh, crazy mm. things, uh, funny stuff. But she, yeah, uh, she said that uh, Bulgar- Bulgari? Bulgaria. Bulgarian. She says that she really feels at home when she comes to Spain. And she says that uh, Bulgarian people and Spanish people are very, very similar. And this is something that I didn't really know. And something I remember, because... I also met a Korean person in England. Mm. Uh, We went hiking one weekend. We went to the mountains in Wales. And there was, we went with some, uh, with a friend from England and a girl from Valencia in Spain. But they brought a Korean friend with them. And yeah, we went hiking and then uh, we slept in a country house. And the next morning we made some breakfast. Mm-hmm. And well, of course, you, Philip was there. The other English guy was there, so they cooked a lovely English breakfast with oh, the yeah. with the bacon, the beans, mm. fried eggs, and the Korean girl. She looked a bit uh, a bit shocked. So I asked her, "Is this breakfast uh, nice for you?" And she and said, she, "No." No, <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> no, she said, yeah, yeah, it's nice, but it's uh, in Korea. Usually we, we have something very different. So I asked her, what what do you usually have for breakfast? And I thought she would say, well, we have something lighter, like we just have some biscuits uh, or tea or something Crescent. like that. No, <laughs> but she said, uh, no, we actually have rice with vegetables. So they eat a lot of food. Bibimbap. Yeah, and salty food, and it's um, bueno, savory. Algo salado, yeah, savory, not salty. So yeah, that's true. Koreans have rice for every meal. They have mm. rice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they eat quite a lot in the morning, even if they are going to go to work, and it's not a Sunday. They still eat their rice and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And so, let's talk about some other curiosities. In England, Philip, something that surprised me is that when you see a bird called magpie, yeah, there is some kind of superstition. And let me yeah. clarify, uh, magpie es una urraca. 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 Yes. <laughs> In español. A magpie. What do it's they a, look like? It's a black magpies. and white black and white bird. It's quite big, hmm. bigger than a pigeon with a long tail. They love shiny objects. They collect shiny objects, don't they? They steal your diamond ring. Yeah, if you if you leave any, <laughs> any jewellery around, then they will come and steal it. If you see a single magpie, what should you do, Isabel? If you're in England and you see one magpie? 
Well, if you see one and you don't do anything, that means you will have bad luck. So in order to avoid the bad luck, you will have to say hello to the magpie. Yes. So you say, morning, Mr. Magpie. Yes. Morning, Mr. Magpie. So people think maybe you are a bit nuts, no? Yes. Que estás un poco loco, si alguien te ve que no es inglés. But English people will know. Yeah, you, you must say it because, well, it's bad luck to see a single magpie because magpies, they always mate for life. So once they have a, a partner, then they they stay together forever. So Really? They don't get divorced? No, they don't get divorced. They stay together forever. There is not magpie divorce. Nope. Once they're married, they stay together for the rest of their lives until death do them part. So if you see a magpie on its own, that means perhaps that its partner has died. So, so I didn't it's bad know luck. this. Uh, so every time, well, I, I think you told me a long time ago, but I totally forget, forgot about it. So every time I see a magpie, I look for the other one and then I get stressed and there is not another one. And I think, oh, no, bad luck. But if you see two, that's fine. That means that's not bad luck. It's it's okay. And there's a rhyme in England. It's one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret never to be told. Mm. So what else did you notice in England while you were living there? Did you notice anything else interesting, any cultural curiosities? Yeah, of course, but that could be another podcast. But just to summarize, I was shocked by the amount of ready meals that you consume. I noticed that people don't like cooking much. Yeah. So when you go to the supermarket, you see, yeah, some uh, trays with uh, meat and vegetables yeah. and everything just to be put in the oven directly. Yeah, the whole ready. we have a whole aisle dedicated to ready yeah. meals. Un pasillo entero de fish and chips, burger and yeah. chips, yeah, comida lasagna, preparada, paella. Yeah, not healthy, not a healthy option and quite expensive as well. But very convenient. You you take it, you put it in your microwave, and in two minutes you have your dinner ready. Yes, but it's not fresh at all. You shouldn't do that. But anyway. Uh, I noticed as well that English people don't like sharing food. So, well, here uh-huh. we are quite famous for tapas. And even if you have lunch with some friends, maybe you have a big salad that you share with everyone. But in England, if there is a big salad, then everyone will take a little bit and put it in their own plate yes. and eat it from their own plate. They don't stick their forks in the same plate because uh, it's not hygienic really but so it's not that we don't like sharing it's just we don't like sharing the same plate we don't Mm. mind sharing food but but they don't eat from the same plate yeah basically it's not very polite to to take things from someone else's plate or yeah yeah so everybody in england has their own dish and they eat their own plate their mm. own dish it makes sense actually but yeah whereas here, here in spain you're more used to everybody eating from the same plate no? yeah like pigs <laughs> and uh, something else uh, i was quite shocked by is that when i went out at night uh, to a bar or a club i saw many women and men uh, who were not wearing coats when the temperature was very low so in the winter it was maybe one degree and people seem to leave their coats in the car and they just walk around or they queue oh, in yeah. the club 
maybe I could see women just with a dress and with a no min- coat, no jacket, nothing. With a mini skirt. With a mini skirt. And a strappy top. Freezing. And I thought, what are you yeah. doing? My goodness. Only on nights out, not during the day or anything. But yeah. But is, I mean, the El Ropero, no? The cloak room. Cloakroom. It's not that expensive in England. It's not that they charge you 20 pounds for the cloakroom. They charge you one euro, no? The normal. Mm-hmm. But it's like they want to show their bodies before they even get into the club. I don't I yeah. never. I should have stopped one of these women and asked her, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't understand it either. But mm. um, yeah, you see a lot of young girls freezing in, in the snow, wearing mini skirts and, and short sleeved tops. It doesn't make any sense. And, and also with a lot of fake tan. Yes, it's horrible, no? Painful. If you have a coat, why would you not wear it? Anyway, I suppose they are not sexy. And, and what else did you notice, Isabel? Well, also that um, English people like following rules. And, well, of course, yeah, they say rules are to follow them, no? But they take it very, very seriously. Yes. And uh, here in Spain, you don't really follow rules as much as yeah, we do. Yeah, here. It's more like rules are to break them. <laughs> Here in Spain, you can do whatever you want and nobody cares. <laughs> well, depends. But yeah, it's true that people uh, have a lot of respect for the authorities and rules. And well, I noticed, of course, that you are very punctual, something that I really need to improve uh, because I'm always half an hour late. You love queuing. You are very good haciendo cola. Yeah, yeah, and very very polite they say thank you please all the time which is something that I really miss of course, uh, when, yeah. I, when I move back to Spain and ca- do you know um, any other cultural differences for example Philip that you've experienced uh, in Spain what can you tell me um, yeah there's a few things that really surprised me especially when I first moved to Madrid Some- is there anything positive first of all Uh, yeah, I think there are some, <laughs> some positive things. I mean, well, Spanish people are very affectionate. Mm, so too much. Maybe a little bit too much. I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that when I first oh, moved there. They kiss you all the time, no? Yes, yeah. Even strangers, um, yeah, when you greet someone in Spain, then they give you two kisses. Whereas in England, we're used to just saying hi, good evening, hi, nice to see you. Yeah, it's true. You shake hands, no? That's la mano. Yeah, we say, hi, how you, how you doing? How's it going? You're right. Yeah, well, sometimes you don't even touch each other, no? You just say hi, but yeah. you don't... Just give them a polite nod. Say, mm. all right. Mm. All right. All right. You're mm. right. How's it going? But yeah, so so the two kisses, that was something that shocked me a little bit al principio, at the beginning mm-hmm. of my, my adventures in Madrid. And also... Um, The Spanish go out so late at night. Mm. They they start going out at 11 or 12 o'clock. That's when they actually leave their houses to go to the bars and clubs. Whereas mm. in England, that's when we come home. Well, you come home a bit later because bars or clubs, they close around 3 a.m., 4 a.m. But here, yes, you can leave the club at 7 a.m. And there are probably other illegal ones that are open till later well in England you'd have your dinner at six or seven, go out mm. for a drink and come home by well 11 or 12 if mm. you're not going to a club but yeah in Spain wow I was yeah no shocked. it makes sense 
I like the English way. Everyone that I met from Spain, they complain, but I'm I'm not really like a party animal. So if you go to bed at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., maybe you have a great night, but the next day you really it's want to die. Wasted. It's completely wasted. However, if you come back at 2 a.m., you have some sleep, maybe not too much, but seven hours sleep, and next day you can enjoy your Sunday, yeah. you know? And another thing I noticed after staying in Spain for a while and learning Spanish, I noticed that um, Spanish people swear a lot. Do they? Yeah, swearing all the time. Hmm, well, I don't think, I think this happens in England as well. It depends. And and you have a lot of different ways to swear as well. And mm. I, no, I don't think we swear half as much as Spanish people. No. You swear all the time. I don't. I'm a very polite person. Yeah, you, you're quite polite. <laughs> um, also, another thing I noticed is there's a lot of public displays of affection, people kissing, hugging, and doing all kinds of things in the, in the street or in the park or on a bench or <laughs> in a doorway. Everywhere you go, there are young people kissing and showing their affection. And in I the think, parks yeah everywhere something that you don't see so much in England mm. and I think this is due to Spanish youngsters having very traditional parents who don't allow them to spend time in the house together so they're all outside in the parks or in the street mm. yeah, spending I time together I, I agree with that because yeah. you are more open minded in England and yeah here usually our parents they grew up in a very different time yeah you know, when there was no much freedom so yeah that makes sense I yeah agree. whereas in England it's okay for you to bring your girlfriend home and have a chat mm. at home and maybe invite her to a, to, a to bedroom. your bedroom <laughs> That doesn't happen here unless your parents are not, not, hippies. So. Yeah, you have to be married first. In Spain. Well, it de totally depends on the parents that you have. But yeah, there are very strict parents. I know people who are married and when they go on holiday with their in-laws, mm. no, con sus suegros, they have to sleep in separate rooms, ridiculous things like that. Oh but dear. some other parents are... Yeah, much more open-minded, but yeah, in general, I've never seen any parents that allow their teenager boy or girl to bring their girlfriend or boyfriend and just go in the room and unlock the no. door. That's very, very it's, yeah. strange. It's a very it's Catholic country. Mm. And uh, another thing I've noticed is just Spanish people are very passionate. And when I first moved to Spain and I heard people speaking on the phone, I thought that they were having an argument, but it, actually <laughs> they were just having a normal conversation. Is this passionate or it means that we shout a lot, we yeah. speak very loud? Oh yeah, you're very loud and talk with kind of anger, it seems to me. <laughs> very aggressive. I remember when you were talking to your mother on the phone and I, and I didn't speak Spanish then, so I, wasn't, I didn't understand your conversation. But when you hung up the phone, I asked you, what's happened? Is everything okay? Why were you... What's the problem? And you said, nothing. <laughs> I was just having a conversation. There's nothing going on. <laughs> Everything's fine. And I thought, oh my goodness. So you were just having a normal conversation, but you sounded like you were shouting or arguing, having a horrible argument. 
Okay, so uh, let's move on. Let's talk about some other cultural curiosities from around the world. Yeah, just quickly, I will mention that Japanese children, they are very scared of thunder, truenos, because there is some kind of monster or thunder god, and they think that this monster is going to get in their stomach. When there is a thunderstorm, they cover their bellies, and this way they avoid the monster from going inside. That's weird. I know that in some countries, uh, chewing gum is considered very impolite, is very, very rude. For example, in New Zealand, France, in Germany or Poland, you shouldn't chew gum yeah. in public. I hate it when I see students chewing chewing gum in my class. Yeah. It's very disrespectful. They caught Obama once in a conference and he was chewing a gum and he was in all the newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and also apparently in Taiwan, it's polite to belch after your meal. What does it mean to belch? To belch is to burp, well, to expel gas. <laughs> and to burp, yeah, or to belch is But from, from your mouth. Yeah, okay, thank <laughs> you for clarifying this. <laughs> Apparently it's, a, it's considered a compliment to the cook. And, well, in France, the toilet is in a separate room from the shower. And yeah, this is something that I've checked out myself. It quite makes sense, to be honest, because, yeah, sometimes maybe someone is having a shower and then you need to go to the toilet and you don't want to interrupt this person. No? And yeah. uh, in houses where they are in the same room, this is a symbol of low status. If you buy a house and it has the shower and the toilet in the same mm. room, maybe it's not a very good house. And it's probably cheaper. Yeah. This will decrease uh, the value. And maybe they say, oh... Yeah. The shower in the <laughs> same room as the toilet. This is not acceptable. Yeah. Okay, and where else? Um, and the last one. In Dubai, you're not allowed to show any public displays of affection. Any public displays of affection, such as holding hands, kissing, are socially unacceptable. And some people have been arrested for showing affection publicly. So this could be a problem for Spanish youngsters, I think, if they go to Dubai. Well... It could be very hard for them. For anyone who likes a bit of freedom, I think it's really sad. And you should let people express themselves. Yeah. Do you like in kissing street? in public, Isabel? Yes. As long as I'm oh. not uh, offending anyone, I think everyone should be able to do whatever they want, as long as you show respect. Because yeah. what's the point in banning this? I mean, it's uh, still going to happen. It's something that is human. It's natural. But sometimes don't you feel like saying to some of these people, get a room? Well, no. I like <laughs> when people show affection and show love. Those are one of the better things in life I prefer to see love than anger or any other negative feelings mm, I'm glad you said that mm. okay that's it for today thank you for listening to this podcast we hope you found it interesting and please let us know any cultural curiosities from your own country or any cultural curiosities you've noticed while traveling abroad we'd really love to read your comments And don't forget to check out Aitoki, si quieres conseguir una clase con un profesor nativo 
puedes ir a amigosingleses.com barra italki and it was a pleasure to have you back thank you so much for listening and get ready for the next podcast coming soon from amigosingleses.com see you soon see you bye